world full of Uniteds. It is a magic moment from Hyun-Min Cities. Through to Lucas Moura! And Rovers. Harry Kane! Oh, what a goal! There is only one Hotspur. Glory, glory, Tottenham Hotspur! Hello and welcome back to the One Hotspur Podcast. I'm Toby, and today I am joined by Bodie. Um, got some nice rhyming there. How you doing? Um, I'm doing good. You all right? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Um, neither of us are English, so we're not particularly bothered by the result yesterday, but I do feel um, for all the English listeners of the pod and uh, our uh, podcast mates, I guess, um, uh, for the loss yesterday. But, uh, you know, we're Spurs fans. We've bounce back faster than everyone else because we're used to it so uh yeah let's, let's kick it off so today we're going to be looking over uh spurs players performances at uh the euros and at copa america and uh yeah let's get into it so we're going to start off with uh hugo Lloris, who captained france uh to their round of 16 uh loss to switzerland um oh but he's just messing me he is half english but he's not particularly bothered about the loss because yeah, he doesn't really care about England. Um, all right, but yeah, let's uh, let's get going. Uh, so Hugo Lloris, he made uh, eight saves and had one penalty save in uh, France's run. I, I think that's pretty good. I'm I'm hoping that Lloris stays as our uh, our goalie um, for the upcoming season, and then hopefully signs a contract extension for a year or two more, and um, that way we can either sell him the uh, upcoming summer or uh, we can just keep him for a couple more years and see how he goes. Because honestly, he hasn't been performing poorly um, for either France or Spurs recently. But uh, Bodie, what's your take on Lloris and uh, what you would want the club to do with him this summer? Um, I just want I just want clarification. Um, did well, when when did uh, France get knocked out? Uh, round of sixteen. Uh, they tied three three with Switzerland and then lost in penalties. Well, seven, well, those stats seem very, very good then. If seven mm-hmm. saves before round 16. That's uh, eight. Oh, eight saves, that's even better. I don't mm-hmm. know how many games he's played, but it sounds like he had a good performance. I didn't watch Euro as much. I can only mm-hmm. really fully comment on Kane and Hoyer because I watch mm-hmm. Denmark and England the most. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, but, yeah, I'd like to see him stay, stay, uh, stay for a while. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know later on now here's the thing i don't know about other people with this one but what i what i something that really drawn my eye was that i may not like everton much but if we sell larice i would want to go for john pickford mm-hmm. he, yeah he was exceptional for england he was he was, i think he was probably the, the best player for them well the most consistent player week in mm-hmm. week out he was yeah. constantly shooting stuff and when when Benucci scored that goal and made her tied up one one, that first Nothing save done about it. Yeah, a beauty. Mm-hmm. He's just so he he showed so much confidence, and he may not be as good for Everton as he is for England, but under a, a under a, you have to look at the coaching system and and how mm-hmm. England's coaching him differently to Everton. And if you replicate what what he's able to do at Everton, he's one of the, he'd be one of the best keep, keepers on the Prem. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Outstanding. I just, I don't know. I'd want to keep Larice around for a while, but if you, in a case of we're selling him, players mm-hmm. I want to look at are Alphonse Ariola and maybe mm-hmm. Mesley. I, I don't know much about yeah. him, but 
from what you say, sounds pretty good. Um, mm -hmm. Dean Henderson um, and Pickford, uh, and because you know they're English and we could yeah. do some English. Mm -hmm. um, I think Pickford could be linked as well. So that's what that's why I'd like to keep mm -hmm. We haven't been linked with uh, in, any uh, keepers in a while, but I think uh, going off like what you said, I think Areola would be a good target. Um, Pickford would be good. I think. Uh, Dean Henderson would be um, like the ideal target, uh, but I don't think Man United's going to sell um, him at a price that's right um, for us. So uh, another one I would just kind of throw into the ring is that Andre Onana. Um, apparently he's going for like 10 million this summer, um, which is incredibly low. And I take that in a heartbeat, although I, I think he's still um, on his year ban um, because he was caught, I think, doping. Um, I'm not sure. But uh, he's on a drug ban um, for one year. So he wouldn't be available to play for a few months, I don't think. Um, he was using a, for correction, he was, for those who don't know, the reason why he was, he was doping was because before the game, he was extremely sick and he used the doping. So he was able um, to, uh, to try to uh, right make himself okay. ahead of the game. But mm -hmm. he ended he didn't really feel much better. Okay. So. Yeah. So, you know, we try to hope that he doesn't do that again. Um, it's a bit of a silly decision on his part, but uh, yeah. Um, so let's move on to uh, the next player. Uh, we have uh, Toby Alderweireld, um, who in your 2020 had 88% pass completion, 50% tackle success, and four clearances. Um, so for me, I think this summer, what I'd want um, for us, for Toby, uh, is like the ideal situation would be to sell Dyer and sell Sanchez and then keep uh, all the world as just kind of like the older, more experienced center back and kind of coach the younger guys like uh, Tenkanga, Rodon, um, Tomiyasu, if we sign him and he plays center back at all, um, or whoever else we end up signing as center back. Um, but I think realistically, it's looking like he's going to leave. Uh, but what would you like to see happen with all the girls this summer? Booster. It's a shame because I think he's definitely still got a lot of talent. Um, he mm -hmm. slowed down a lot, but he's still a really good defender. I wouldn't want to have him on the bench. I think he's too good for that. But yeah. at the same time, too slow for the Premier League to play in a back two, in a mm -hmm. back four, sorry, which is why I would, if we were to play a back three, I'd want to keep him and have him as a starting player in the lineup because on the ball, he's just exceptional. Mm -hmm. and And then off the ball, he's so good at He's such a commander when it comes to telling players where he needs where they need to be, and he's very good. He's a very good tracker of other runs. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know mm -hmm. how, how Nuno will set up with him, and I don't know if yeah. he'll leave or not. If he mm -hmm. if he leaves, it could be understandable. Um, yeah, he'll be, he's obviously starting to settle down a bit, so I think mm -hmm. he would want to be going somewhere where it can be a bit easier for him. Um, yeah. So for what he's done at Tottenham, I completely understand if he get, if he leaves. But personally, I'd want to keep him around for a bit longer. Mm -hmm. I think uh, Alistair Gold said uh, yesterday or the day before um, that all the girls had actually asked to leave um, the club a few weeks ago and that he prefers uh, a return to either Belgium, where he's from, or uh, to the Netherlands, where he uh, started his career with Ajax. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, moving on to our next player is uh, Big Old Ben Davis. Uh, 76 pass completion, three tackles defeated, and uh, eight clearances. So I 
I have two thoughts about this one. If we're going to play a back three this season, I think it's worth keeping him just to have um, a left-footed player who can play um, in a back three. Um, but if we're going to play a back four, I think maybe just let him go. Um, try to sell him because I think Sessegnon and Reggion are better than him. But also Sessegnon and Reggion are more like attacking fullbacks. So maybe it's better to have Davis who's maybe just a little bit better at defending. Although uh, Reggion at the beginning of the season was very strong defensively. Um, so that's interesting. Interesting. You're, uh, you're sticking to the get him gone though. Look, it's nothing, it's nothing against him. He's just not good. He's just not good enough. Um, I don't really care if he can sort of play center back. He's just not, he's not good enough. He's not composed enough. And he's just, I don't think he's just not a very good defender. Now he's more of a defensive left back, but he's still not mm -hmm. that good defense. He would suit a mid-table yeah. team amazingly, but for mm -hmm. a team like Tottenham, right, who is supposedly still meant to be trying to challenge for top four, you can't have players like Ben Davies in the team. Um, I'd I'd have him sold, and then mm -hmm. if you talk about needing a left foot left footed defender, look, there's left foot defenders on the market. If Tottenham were really serious yeah. about challenging for the top four, they wouldn't just be hanging on to these to these liabilities like the Ben Davies. They would be going in for quali qualified quality left footed centre backs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have, we have been linked with them. Yeah. Quite a few of those: Jules Kounde, Milinkovic, Junior. I can name I can name three left foot centre back straight away. Actually, not four: Botman, um, mm -hmm. Diallo, Kimpembe, and Zagadou. And they're all players that would that would that could join Tottenham. Maybe not. Maybe Kimpembe. Kimpembe is a little less yeah. um, realistic. But those three, these are those three are players that would join Tottenham, and mm -hmm. those three are players that. Could join Tottenham and they'll and they'll qualif they're qualified. They put, you know, it's just, I don't know. Tottenham's just a mess, and they they've just drained, they've drained all my energy. But um, I'm so optimistic for the season. I just I just know for a fact that if Tottenham wants to be challenging for anything domestically, yeah. you can't have players like Ben Davies in the team. Mm -hmm. And I agree with like what you're saying in a general sense, but I think we also have to be um, aware of the fact that. Um, there's not going to be a lot of money uh, that we're going to be throwing around this summer. Uh, whether or not that's because we don't actually have money as a club is an entirely different question. Um, but the amount of money that Levy's willing to invest this summer is relatively low, I, I believe, at least. Um, so I think we're going to have to be smart and maybe make do with some players that we wouldn't prefer. Uh, but I'm hoping that, uh, or at least this is my theory, um, is that in January, uh, we're going to be able to spend um, a lot more because uh, stadiums have been cleared to be filled to full capacity uh, for the upcoming season. So by the time we get to January, we will have probably played somewhere between 20 and 25 games um, in the Premier League alone. So you take that in half, you got 10 to 12 home games, and then you add games like uh, in the Carabao Cup, uh, Conference League, um, uh, FA Cup, and then so we're probably playing, I don't know, 15, no, probably more than that, um, 17 or 18 home games. So that's 17 or 18 home games with 60,000 fans. Um, and that's tickets, merchandise in the club store, uh, food and drink. Um, so I think by the time we roll around January, we'll be a little more uh, flush with cash. Um, 
and then we'd be more set to, you know, uh, push on, sign the players we want, and then by the time next summer rolls around, uh, provided we do well in the Premier League and get the money from that, and then uh, do well in Carabao Cup or FA Cup, even though those two competitions don't get a ton of money, um, and two ball in Conference League, which I'm not entirely sure what the prize money for that is, but uh, then next summer I could see us really spending big. But yeah. Um, if there's a summer, right, if there's a summer in, um, for Tottenham where we're going to be challenging for top four again, this is the summer where you have to build the foundations. If we don't build mm-hmm. foundations, right, if we don't sign players this window, we are finishing mid-table. And I'm not talking about the higher end. I'm talking 10th, 11th, 12th. We're that bad defensively. And you have players that are only getting worse as time goes on. They need to leave. So if you're not going to sell as players and build new foundations, because that's where we're at now, we need a rebuild because just the play, there's not enough good players to be able to, to sign a couple world beaters and then be challenging again. We need a complete rebuild. And unless we're going yeah. to do that, we're finishing, we're, fin- we're finishing at the lower half of the table. And I hate this. I feel to say this, but Arsenal could finish above us as well because they're spending mm-hmm. money on players. I want yeah. the amount of links I've seen with involving really top quality players mm-hmm. to, the good prices that Spurs should be going in for as well, because mm-hmm. Spurs would be more likely to get them in the in the long. They have more they have more going for them at the minute. But if, but if they don't challenge for these players, and they don't spend the money, and then we end up being stuck with with the likes of Davies and Sanchez and whatnot, you we're gonna end up being at the bottom half of the table. So it's this is unacceptable. We need to be uh, doing better. So. Yeah, I completely agree with you that we need to be building the foundations, um, like signing younger players who I think we, we have to accept that we're in a rebuild. I mean, we finished seventh last season, so um, we have to set our sights pretty low for the season. I mean, I, I think um, we should accept um, finishing fifth or sixth. I think that would be a good season overall um, for us. And then uh, next season is when we can kind of push our expectations up and try to uh, put pressure on the club to finish in the top four. Um, but I think Tomiyasu would be a good signing. I think we have to be smart with the way we spend our money. If we're going to be bringing in um, older players, it's um, it would be silly to be spending money on them at all, really. I think uh, maybe a couple of free signings, if uh, like something like that pans out. I think uh, we were linked with Boateng a while ago, or uh, Benucci, I think are both on frees. I could be wrong about Benucci being on a free. Um, Pjanic, um, who Barcelona were talking about sending out on a loan. Um, so I think it's better to spend money on getting a quality center mid and then getting someone like Pjanic on a free or on a loan than to sign two kind of average um, mids, you know? Uh, I think it's just better to invest properly and, you know, really set up the foundations like you were saying. Um, so Tomiyasu, I think, is a good example of that. I think he is a good player. Uh, Paratisi seems to really like him. So we plan that right back and hopefully he pans out, but... <clears throat> Yeah, uh, getting back to what we started this with, uh, we just finished with uh, Ben Davis, um, kind of roundabout talk on that one, but uh, Joe wrote on now, um, 83% pass completion, 100% of his shots were on target, uh, five interceptions, 17 clearances, and two key passes. And I thought he was quite exceptional the years. I think his performance against, uh, oh, I'm totally blank. Oh, uh, Denmark in the um, round of 16 wasn't fantastic. Um, but in the group stage, I thought he was excellent. Uh, against Italy, I thought he played well. I uh, played very well against um, uh, Turkey, and I wasn't able to watch his uh, match against Switzerland, but 
uh, I think that Rodon deserves to be starting next season. Uh, what's your thoughts on Rodon, Bodhi? Um, Bodhi, you're muted. Uh, my bad. Sorry, what were you saying there? So, uh, just thoughts on Rodon next season. Do you think you should be starting? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. He's a top centre-back for his age at the end of the day. And mm-hmm. when he was given the opportunity, he, he performed. There's nothing much more I can say. He, he just needs to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think I agree with that. Um, uh, next, we have uh, Musa Sissoko, who I think only had two substitute appearances. So uh, don't... I expect too much from him, I guess. But uh, he had one key pass and 79% pass completion. Um, the only notable thing that I think about the Soko's World Cup, or uh, not World Cup, Euros, uh, was he was subbed on against Switzerland when they were 3-2 up to, like, solidify the game. And then, like, a minute after he was subbed on, Switzerland scored. Um, to be fair, later in that game, he did take on, like, two defenders um, and then put a beautiful cross in for Kingsley Goman, uh, who hit his shot against the crossbar. So I think that was what his one key pass was. But um, I think we should be moving Sissoko on the summer. I think his wages are way too high for um, his quality. Um, he only has one year on his contract left. So Let him go. Doing, yeah, there's anything we can do uh, to get him out, even if it's for a reduced fee. I think 10 million, that'd be fantastic business. Um, so yeah, uh, what are your general thoughts on Sissoko leaving the summer? Like he just he has to he has to leave, mm-hmm. he has to. There's yeah. nothing against I have nothing against him. He's just he's just not good enough, honestly. Mm-hmm. He he has a he has a nice work rate on him, but he's just not only is he foreign, right? And we're and like I said, we're looking for homegrown talent. I'd rather have playing Skip because Skip mm-hmm. would have a similar work rate to him, and mm-hmm. he would have a better, better technical probably. ability. Yeah, mm-hmm. the Sissoko's down. If when Sissoko was on form, the only difference. Was Sissoko had a little bit more technical ability, and that was how much better he became, mm-hmm. combined with the work rate. And then he just, when he's low on confidence, he just does not have that work, that technical ability. And when he doesn't, he's just an average player. So it's yeah. Hi back, guys. Back Hello, Charlie. Uh, listeners, we have someone joining us a little late. Uh, Charlie from Tottenham Report. Uh, so yeah, um, I agree well, with you. I think. Can I just, yeah. can yeah, I just say? Uh... Just to ask them, uh, so I don't like repeat anything or like what are we currently? We're talking about, about a Sissoko at the moment, um, yeah. But what, are we talking about like all the international players, yeah? Or, yeah, uh-huh. um, I think overall, Sissoko, though, um, one of his biggest strengths in I think the 18 19 season, um, when he was like really playing well for us, and even the 19 20 season to a certain extent, uh, was his work rate. I think he just was constantly working and running and uh, making himself available um, and, you know, like pushing on like those drives to midfield was uh, what he was so good at. And, you know, this season, he's just kind of been walking around. I think there's uh, the best example of that was in the, uh, the Aston Villa game. He was going, um, I think it was like, they put a cross in. It was, the cross went right by him. And uh, I think it was uh, McGinn who got the ball. I um, mean, he, he took a touch. Sissoko had to take like two uh, big steps forward in like a sprint and he would have gotten to the ball before McGinn could shoot it. Uh, but he just kind of jogged. And then Tanganga, who was uh, behind Sissoko, ran past him to get the block in. 
Um, so I think it's just if he's not going to work for us, we need yeah, to move him out. I remember that. I remember that we all got really annoyed with um, Sissoko mm-hmm. when that happened. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Hoybier. Uh, his year 2020 consisted of uh, 14 chances created, 84% pass completion, 77% triples completed, 73% tackles succeeded, seven interceptions, and tied second most assists at three. Um, so I think for me, Hoybier proved this tournament that he's more than just a defensive midfielder. I think he, he showed that he can be kind of more box to box and create opportunities um, and be more of a threat going forward. But uh, Bodie, Charlie, whoever wants to go first, what do you guys think? It, it uh, went from, with, with Hoybier, right, when we first signed him, he went from underrated to pretty fairly rated, still maybe a little underrated. And then mm-hmm. during the Euros, he has become criminally underrated. It's, yeah. it's, it's unbelievable. No one no one rates how good a player is just because they play for Tottenham, right? For Harry Kane. Right, he's playing for mm-hmm. England. People are suck are sucking him off, right? But then, as soon as he's in a Tottenham shirt, people just don't rate him anymore, and it's mm-hmm. not. And I can guarantee you this right now: people are saying. When I saw some posts of people say with rating Kane for the for the top five in Ballon d'Or, I says, if he went to United, right, United City, because that's with that's who the media supports, United mm-hmm. City, the people yeah. involved in media. If he if he went to Merseyside, right, mm-hmm. and, or he went up to. Uh, the the no- northeast, I think that's why it's northeast of uh England, and he went mm-hmm. to City and United. He would be he would be top three Ballon d'Or at least, if not mm-hmm. win. Yeah, because he it doesn't matter if he played for Tottenham if he had that same season that he did for us, and he and it would be the same for City uh, City United. Not only would he won the Player of the Year. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. He would also be, I, I reckon he'd be uh, above Lewandowski in the Ballon d'Or. And that's mm-hmm. not that's not because he would deserve it, but that's because the media is biased against specific teams. And yeah. they, and they would and they would suck him off until mm-hmm. until he's dry. Yeah. I think uh and- Sky Sports really showed like that media bias uh yesterday when they revealed their match ratings for um the the year twenty twenty final. They gave Kane a five. A five. He was probably their, or maybe saying he was their best player is a little overstating it, but he was well, definitely top two or three. Well, they get who? No, no, what annoys me, a lot, with, a lot of the people that I was watching the game with, like uh, one of them was an Arsenal fan, so yeah, but um, mm-hmm. they, like, you, a lot of them were saying, oh, Kane's done nothing, Kane's done nothing. Do people not actually know anything about football? He literally created the first goal. He mm-hmm. was literally the only one pulling the strings in midfield. He was literally dropping deep and getting the ball every time. And then in the second half, because um, I, I mean, I read Gareth Southgate, don't get me wrong, but we sat back mm-hmm. in the second half, 11 men behind the ball. Kane is yeah. not messy. He's not going to create his own chance by running through their whole defence, is he? Yeah. So, like, no one could blame him for not, for not having any shots when he gets absolutely zero service. I just want to yeah. know, right, what rating did they give Sterling? I'm I'm looking. I'll tell you when I when I find it. But uh, I, the only ratings I know is they gave uh, Saka a ten and Kane what? a five. Okay, well, that's, well that says it all though. That that says it all. Wait, but wait, who, not- who who came up with these ratings? Uh, Sky Sports. <laughs> oh I mean, man, the it's, just, I, I, it's almost condescending that they gave Saka a ten. It's so clear that the only reason they did that was because he missed his penalty. 
no, but let me tell you, right? Sack, I'm not, I, it's, it's not even biased. Saka was the worst performing English player. In oh the, my in, god, okay, okay, please, please stop, no, no, please no. stop. No, I, no, saw no, them no, do, no. I saw him do nothing. Oh my god. Um, mate, okay, so uh, I mean, calm down a bit. Uh, he, he was actually pretty good at when he came on. He almost created a big chance, but then Giolini should have, uh, Bonucci should have had a red or whatever. I mean, come on, mate. Uh, he really wasn't that bad. So, uh, Sky Sports Premier League uh, gave Kane a seven and gave uh, Sterling a nine. I think, okay, sorry. This is maybe controversial and a little off topic, but Sterling is such a poor player. Yes, he scored a few goals for England, but literally anyone else would have done that. I think Sancho, Grealish, Phil Foden, if they had played as many minutes of him, they would have scored those goals. The issue with Sterling, he just doesn't pass. He dribbles into defenders and then has no one to play it off to. And then he loses the ball. That is exactly what we were talking about last night um, when we were watching the game. Like, Sterling is just not... Uh, I mean, he scored three goals, yes. But if Southgate was consistently telling the players to attack throughout the tournament and using the likes of Rashford, Sancho, Foden, mm-hmm. um, all of them would have banged in goals. I mean, Sterling only scored because, I mean, he was in the right place in the right time. I mean... Okay, he's so. I mean, credit to him. We he really did help us in the tournament. But at the same time, I mean, I know this off topic about Sterling, but really, he. I mean, as you said, he thinks he can always do it by himself. He he tries to run through. He's basically the English Lucas, except Lucas is actually better in front of goal, in my opinion. Um, uh, basically, he runs past five players and then has absolutely nothing to do with the ball, and it just goes. Uh, for a goal kick. That's basically all that Sterling does, ever. No, but to be fair, right, Sterling, I I think, no, I do think Sterling's got a better finish than Moore. I think Moore is better dribbling. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, I think Moore has slightly better passing, but when it comes to a clinical finish, I think Sterling, Sterling is, he's, he, I think he, he he's definitely got a better finish than Moore, but I, I see what you're saying. I think he he's definitely he doesn't have the class. He's not a world class uh, winger, but on form he definitely is. I mean, when he was in, when he was doing the best he was against, like when he was City versus Spurs, I thought Jesus Christ, he could be challenging for that Ballon d'Or again, top ten or something with that one performance. But he just he just completely fell off later on, and that and that ju- and that shows to me the only reason why he's not as good as he could be is because that Sterling that performed against Tottenham was his form and not his class. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so some say class is, uh, form is temporary, class is permanent, but for him mm-hmm. it's almost <laughs> is it, uh, class is, per- uh, is temporary, form is, actually no, that doesn't make much sense, but yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Interesting though. Um, real quick, I'm going to interrupt you guys. Uh, I've been coming through all the different Sky Sports accounts, which is just, they have way too many. But uh, Sky Sports Football, um, they gave Harry Kane a five and Sterling a six. All right, that's fair. And they gave Rice and Calvin Phillips sixes as well. I thought both of them played really well. What? Um, Rice was and they gave absolutely phenomenal. Four. I think that is, it, I think that's actually, fair. Actually, who, who got a four? Uh, Mount. Oh, yeah. I mean, he Money lost Mace. the ball a lot. Yeah, um, I thought he was pretty bad. No, but Rice was like the best player on the pitch for me. He was a better left winger than Sterling. Like he kept running. 
it was he was absolutely immense yesterday. I don't know how he got six. Um, but Walker mm. was class as well. Walker, what a player! You know, sometimes yeah. I just wish we had him. Like he'd be so solid for us. Yeah. Um, but yeah. All right. Uh, let's get back to it. Um, so that that concludes our talking about Hoybier. Um, moving on now to yeah. Kane. Uh, Kane in Euro 2020 had uh, five key passes, 70% pass completion, eight dribbles completed, three interceptions, and tied second most goals. Uh, he got four. Um, you know what? This, this fully shows something, right? Later, earlier on in the tournament, people thought he wasn't as good as people thought. And Foden said, and Foden said for Sky Sports, he needs service. As soon as he serves, he becomes second most tied goal scorer in the tournament. Like people are taking the piss, they're having a laugh. He can't. Southgate's playing a defensive team, right? Where there's everyone behind the ball at the start of the game, except for Sterling, Kane, and whoever's on the right hand side. Kane uh, can't create. Yeah, well, oh, yeah, no, Mount. Always, For the final, it was Mount. But it can be Mount, Foden, uh, hmm. mainly yeah. them two, but Osaka. But my point is, as soon as he got service, he scored because the way the way Southgate set up was not for him to be creating chances like he did with Tottenham. It was yeah. for him. It was for him to be awaiting the chances, and it was it was mad. He didn't get any service at all. Right? Didn't score. As soon as Grealish, gave, he Grealish was the creativity that gave the service. He scored. There's nothing. You know why? I was discussing this earlier, Southgate's tactics. And, you know, I, I can only give praise to Southgate. You know, he did something amazing uh, this Euros and um, really got too much hate before. But I still stand by the fact that he should. I don't want him. No, I, don't, I like the guy. I, I really do like the guy. But, I, but if he stays for the next World Cup, we're just going to see the same thing all over again. He has the best attacking options and depth that any manager in the world could ask for. And he plays like nine men behind the ball, counter-attacking football against Denmark and stuff like that. Like, it's just so stupid. Why would you want to play so defensive football? Like, you know, in the com- in the press conference after the Italy game, he said, uh, oh, we knew Italy would have more possession. Why do you need to know that? Why can't England play possession football? You know, yeah. my dad is really annoyed about this kind of stuff. He's been watching England play negative football for 60 years. We now have the best team we've ever had. And mm-hmm. Liverpool play attacking possession football. City play attacking possession football. Chelsea yeah. and Man U play possession football. Why can't we play possession football? We're literally the players. It makes absolutely no sense. Yeah. Easily frankly. I think it's, we're starting to talk about England a bit more, but uh, I think it's a pretty simple fix. Like, if you want to play with four defenders and two holding mids, you can stay with that all you want. Like, that doesn't really, you don't have to change that. But play Grealish either on the left or through the middle, and then. Joey, you're alive? Uh, yeah, sorry, my uh, internet crashed. Sorry, I'm back, though. Um I think playing Grealish on the left, came through the middle, mount in midfield, and then you have your pick of Sancho, Rashford on the right. I think, or even yeah. Foden, maybe. Anyhow, um, that's enough of that. Um, moving on to our Copa America players. Uh, first up, we'll go with Davinson Sanchez. 
Uh, he had eight interceptions, eight clearances, 80% tackles exceeded, 86% pass completion rate in uh, Columbia, and Tim secured third place. What From is... What? Yes. I was going to say, uh, do you want uh, Devinson to leave or uh, stay this summer? Um, I, I mean, I know you wanted to leave more than Dyer because Dyer's English and we can get more money for Sanchez. And I kind well, of stand with by Dyer, that. Sorry, just really quick before we move on. Uh, he, was, he grew up in Portugal. So he doesn't count as a homegrown player. So his but, yeah, but still would be we can get more money for Sanchez. So yeah. yeah, yeah. But I still I still stand by that. If it wasn't about money, I'd definitely keep Sanchez as a backup. Mm-hmm. I still think he's a decent backup. And I don't know. Maybe I'm just you know I've always defended him. And I just still feel like somehow he could become decent in the future, or maybe good. But he's still young. But at the same time, he probably won't. So. I think he should go, but that depends if we bring in any good centre-backs this summer, which hopefully we are. I mean, there have been new rumours that Koundé, we actually might be actually offering for Koundé. I don't know where we're getting the money from, yeah. but yeah, <laughs> um, we <laughs> might actually be offering for him. But for mm-hmm. what I saw from Sanchez, uh, I didn't see much, but I saw a bit um, for Colombia. He was actually pretty good. And mm-hmm. one thing I do know, though, is that he did miss a pen. But that yeah, really well, he, he scored a pen in this um, against uh, Uruguay and mm. the, uh, they had a penalty shootout in the quarterfinals and then they uh, had one in the semifinals and he missed that one. So, yeah, but yeah, I think uh, for me personally, I agree with you. If it wasn't about money, um, I'd keep him and sell uh, Dyer and all the world. Um, however, it is Wait. about the money. Yeah. So I would sell him. Wait, so you 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 are open to selling Alder out? Yes. Well, that's if it wasn't about the money, but it is about the money, so we're gonna sell all the world. Mm. Um. But yeah, yeah, uh, Bodie, what are your thoughts on the uh, Colombian? I didn't. I didn't watch any of the uh, any mm-hmm. of. Well, just in general. Stuff. Do you want to put the song? I don't. I I don't know. <laughs> oh my goodness okay um yeah i think if anything just the copa america raised his price um because he, he played pretty well during it so yeah oh sanchez sanchez you're about yeah all right yeah i've get him going mm-hmm. all right uh next up we have uh giovanni Rososo. Uh, oh i i he... have a lot to say about this man <laughs> i'm really excited right. to see him under nuno um, so right. you want to uh, say wait, something. hold on, hold on. Uh, he had a hundred percent crossing accuracy, eighty percent tackle succeeded, eighty-three percent dribble success rate, eighty-nine percent passing accuracy, and one trophy. So yeah, right those right, are impressive stats um, mm-hmm. by any standards. And yeah. I saw he his um pass was a uh, wait was that was that is was it in the um was it in the semifinal that he did yeah I think it was in the pass? semifinal. Yeah, went to um, Messi really, and then Messi later really great pass, really great pass uh, mm-hmm. that created their goal basically. Um, mm-hmm. And he had some really nice, good moments, consistent, didn't really make any mistakes. And mm-hmm. I really hope that you know can make him into into a really solid midfielder for us. You know, but mm-hmm. I'm starting to think that he's. I mean, he is an attacking minded midfielder, but I think he mm-hmm. he could be more of a box to box midfielder because he does have that passion to fight for the ball. And he's mm-hmm. not bad at tackling. And, you yeah. know, I mean, he's not a proper attacking, like Cam, like Ericsson. Yeah. He's not a playmaker. 
I mean, he can do that, but you know, he's I, I think he's a really good not box to box, more maybe like a Metella kind of thing. I don't know, but just a yeah. pure sentiment, think, in my opinion. I think when um, uh, Hoybier, Don Blay, and Lasoso played together with us last season, um, Don Blay played in like that deep role with Lasoso on top. And personally, yeah, I think it should be I would switch it, the opposite, play Lasoso yeah. in a little deeper role, and then Don Blay on top. Um, mm. and I was able to watch uh, a few of Argentina's games. They they kept being like right at the like the time like the one day I couldn't watch a game was when they'd be playing, um, but I did watch their uh, quarterfinal. No, I think I watched their. Um, I think I watched all the knockout games. Um, I only watched highlights because it was like at one in the morning. Yeah. So yeah, works out well for me. It was like uh, five or six uh, p.m. over here, yeah. so it was pretty perfect. But uh, anyhow, um, I, I kept uh, watching, and I was watching basically only for Lasolso. Um, and like I, I kept hoping that he would get like a hundred percent passing accuracy in the games, and I think uh, overall his average came out to eighty nine percent. But his teammates kind of screwed him over. Like his passing accuracy definitely could have been a lot higher. But like one yeah. time he passed it out like wide uh, to his, uh, I think it was like a fullback, and the fullback thought it took a deflection, and so he just let it go out. But then it was a throw for the other team. Um, and then he played a few through balls that the players just gave up on. Like if they had like, just followed through with their run, they would have gotten there for sure. So um, I think he was really good. I was really hoping that he would get um, a goal or an assist, but alas, he did not. Um, but I still think that he has, I think there's still more to come from him at Spurs. I think next season playing him and Hoybier as like the two um like further back and then Dombley on top of that. I think that would be really good. And then that offers us the option to go with a flat three in the middle because Dombley and Los yeah. can play um, like that defensive role. Dombley proved it last season. Yeah. Los also proved it the season before. You know, or if we're really chasing the game, it gives us the option to play Hoybier alone in back and then Los Oso and Dombley. Uh, yeah. both going but basically forward. what you're saying is um, it's very interesting because I agree with you there. I've, I've always rated Los Oso. Um, mm-hmm. After his first season at the club, obviously it was a horrendous season, you know, Poch got sacked and everything. But mm-hmm. he was by far our best player in that season. He didn't have many goal contributions, but he he mm-hmm. did everything for us, basically, that yeah. season. I think he finished second in, like, the uh, player of the season vote for Spurs. Yeah, and, and no one really, uh, he didn't really get any credit for it that he deserved. Like, no mm-hmm. one talked about him after that season, but that was yeah. just because of the stats, because he didn't have, like, 15 goals, because, you know, you need to, you need to, you need to score goals to get noticed, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but at the same time, uh, I mean, last season injuries disappointingly expected him to really step up. Um, but at the same time, I think people are a bit harsh on him. Like a lot of Spurs fans saying, "Oh, he he was a waste of a buy." You know, he's he's awful. He's uh, this and that. But really, I mean, if you actually watch him, uh, one thing that does annoy about uh, that is annoying about though is if you notice the way he carries the ball. With, he's very left-footed. Like, mm-hmm. with the way he runs with the ball, I don't know if anyone's noticed, it's a bit weird uh, when mm-hmm. he's carrying the ball with his left foot. It's kind of... Um, he's a bit like Lamella in that sense. He's very left-footed. But, yeah, yeah he's definitely got quality. Um, and he could be very solid. Um, but as you said, um, like, him and Hoiberg is a d- double pivot and then and then uh, and Dombele is a more attacking player. I think... I mean, I don't think I'd play that in a 4-2-3-1. I think this could actually work as a 4-3-3. I mean, mm-hmm. Ndombele would be the more attacking player. But, I mm-hmm. mean, 
four three three, a bit like Liverpool's or Real Madrid's a few years ago. You know, I think that could really work. It would be really solid in the middle. And as you saw last season, when we played the three of them, which was very rare, but when we did under Jose, you could see that their link-up play was pretty impressive. They were doing all these little passes between each other. Yeah. And I think it could really work um, on its mm-hmm. day. So, yeah, we'll, also, I really don't think, like we were discussing before about Sabitz, uh, I mean, we, I really don't think we need him. I think we should really prioritise defence and the backup tackle, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see. Yeah, I think it was against um, Southampton that um, uh, Los Oso and Dombele were on the field uh, together, I think, for like 10 or 20 minutes. Um, and I thought it was it was just... That was phenomenal. It was yeah. so pleasing because, like, the two of them were playing together so well. Uh, and it, earlier in the season, I know it didn't work, but I think if we give it another shot, it, it will. It was actually, I just realized, like, I was talking about with you how it would be great that, you know, Elwa and Ndombele got back together. But, I mean, Los Celso is kind of similar players yeah. to Elwa. So that, that's kind of the, uh, you know, Ndombele works well with those kind of mids. So maybe mm-hmm. we could see that next season. Uh, I mean, Nuno likes working with midfielders and usually he improves them with, you know, Dan Donka, mm-hmm. Matinho, yeah. Neves. So I'm yeah. really, really excited to see what he'll do with midfield next season. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that was all of the players that were... Uh in the Euros, so we're going to go through some uh, some transfer rumors now. Um, we've already talked quite a bit about uh, Tomiyasu in the past, so I'm just going to skip over that one. Um, Mikhail Damsgaard. Uh, apparently, Sampdoria have quoted his price at being £34 million. Uh, what would your thoughts be on uh, Damsgaard? Uh, Bodhi, if you want to talk about it first. Bodhi, a big fan of him. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, I, don't, I don't know if he is someone I would personally go for. Um, at first, I didn't really like the idea of signing him, but as I looked into some of his stats at uh, Sampdoria, it was very um, underwhelming. Uh, yeah. No doubt, he's definitely a really good youngster, but, I mean, he's played, he, he started, like, nearly 30 games and only got two goals and four assists, but um, something I did notice, he is well, a very... He does play... Huh? We can't... Uh, we didn't hear you. Yeah, what do you say he is? I'm saying he has two goals and he had he got two goals and four assists mm-hmm. in like over thirty games. I'm saying what yeah. I'm saying is that he doesn't seem like a player that uh is very attacking influence. He's more mm-hmm. someone that he's he's more of a deep. Uh, he plays a lot more deep on the left hand side, cuts in and creates stuff from uh cutting in from the center of the park. He's kind of, he's kind of all over the place. Um, mm-hmm. like. Like I said, it's the same with every player. It depends how Nuno wants to set up with the side. Mm-hmm. But yeah. in, a, in a team where you can see them scared play, it'd probably be involved in a, a 4 2 3 1 or a 4 4 2. I couldn't see him replacing Son in a 4 3 3. Or, or I couldn't no. see him replacing Son at all. And I couldn't see Son playing right wing. So it's, mm-hmm. oh, sorry. So it's either um, Son and Kane play forward and he plays a left wing 4 4 2, or he plays. As a cam mm-hmm. and Son on the left and Kane up the top. To yeah. be honest, the way I see him is um, I think he's basically Lamella 2.0 in that sense. He doesn't get many goals or assists, but he does have quality one on one. You know, he's a great dribbler, a bit like Lamella. Um, he's not the quickest, but he is good with his feet and can create good situations. But I just don't think 35 million for. Yeah. 
a player very similar to Lamella, who wouldn't be a starter, who could mm-hmm. create... He, uh, don't get me wrong, if we signed him, I'm sure he'd have some magic moments, you know, moments mm-hmm. of brilliance. But he would never get to, you know, a really good point. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but maybe he'll become amazing next season. But that is just yeah. way too much money, if you ask me. Yeah. We need to prioritise other positions as well. I think I agree with you, but I want to clear some stuff up. Uh, yes, he played uh, 35 games last season in Serie A, um, but he only started 18 of those. So um, I think Good he uh, – no, it's not a stat that's page house. But um, he uh, had – he so he played 1,769 minutes, and uh, he had 25 key passes and 29 chances created. Uh, and so compare that to our most creative player, probably uh, Harry Kane, played 3,082 minutes um, and had 49 key passes and 63 chances created. So um, I think there's a lot of promise there. Um, whether or not he's worth uh, 35 million, I think that would be a little too much. Um, yeah. Especially I'd, when I, I think I, we should I be focusing go, on Ben Henderson. To be honest, I, I, I wouldn't go over 25 million for him, to be honest. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, we were linked with uh, Renato Sanchez recently. Um, hot take from me. I, I don't think we should really push for this one. Um, and I'll tell you why. Um, so 2016 Euro, um, Renato Sanchez was like amazing. Everyone was talking about what a great player he was, uh, how like amazing he was going to be for Bayern Munich. And then uh, Bayern Munich loaned him out to Swansea. Everyone was talking about like, oh, what great business that was from Swansea. Um, and then he totally flopped. He only played 15 games, didn't score a single goal. Um, and he got dropped from the starting 11 at Swansea. Um, Wait, who are you talking about? Bayern. Sorry, I didn't hear it. Oh, uh, Renato Sanchez. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then him, yeah. goes back to Bayern. He plays all right, I guess. Um, then goes to Lille. And so, yes, he was part of Lille's team this season. And uh, I put a hot take on my Instagram page that um, like after his Euros uh, in 2016, he was great. And then, and then, or sorry, during the Euros in 2016, he was great. And then after that, he wasn't so good. And so I'm just fearful of that happening again. And people are like, oh, well, he played really great for Leo last season. He was like a key part of their team. He started less than half of Leo's games last season. He only started 14, played in 23. Um, so he got subbed on uh, nine times. So, he was really just a rotation player for them. Um, I mean, Los also started uh, less games than him. Or, sorry, that's not really the right way to use that. Um, but, you know, I think, like, uh, Lucas Mora, um, he played more games for us this season um, than Murado Sanchez did for Leo last season. So, I just, I don't think he's someone we should really be looking at. But, yeah. what do you guys think? Well, I totally agree. When I saw the... Sorry, Bodie. When I saw the when I saw the rumors about it, you know, the first thing I can see is just another Ndombele, but even worse than Ndombele. I think Ndombele is great, but in the way mm. he his first season would be exactly like Ndombele's first season. He, mm. I feel like he'd flop, he'd struggle. Maybe he'd have a good season next season, but he's very similar to Ndombele as well. He's more defensive, but mm. I don't know. I just don't, I, I'm not sure. He, he's the kind of player that could definitely flop. I think he'd either flop or become um, team of the season that year. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, Bodhi, what do you think? Uh, he's definitely a very, um, he's, he's, a, he's a 
a, a big gamble. Um, mm-hmm. I don't, I, personally, I wouldn't go for him myself, but um, yeah, I mean, he could, he could come good. I mean, when you, you talk about how good he was beforehand, it's the same, it's like the same story with Deli Ali. It's like, it doesn't matter how bad they are now. You can't forget how good they once were. And and I've said this with Deli Ali. He won't. He will never be who he, who he was at Tottenham. If he moved to PSG, I reckon he would end up becoming just as good as he once was. And maybe Ronaldo would need a fresh start, and maybe he could be play as good as what he did uh, beforehand if he joined Tottenham. I don't. I I don't know. He's a big gamble. Personally, I wouldn't take it. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, I think we haven't really been linked with a lot of players consistently um, over the past week, but uh, we talked a little bit about him earlier. Uh, Hussein Awar, um, what are your guys' thoughts on? I think as him, I've already discussed him, discussed him yeah. in this. Get uh, him in. You go Get him it. in. He is an absolute <laughs> baller. Your the talk right when I'm seeing these. Uh, Posts it's like it when I'm seeing these Arsenal posts because he's mainly linked with Arsenal. Um, mm. what I'm saying is 25 million euros. Yeah, are you mad? That is crazy. I yeah. take that in a heartbeat. He is an apps, he is a world beater, not world class because mm-hmm. world class is the definition of like top five, like the top five in this position. He's not world class, but he is mm. a world beater. He is some he could walk into pretty much any team with his quality mm-hmm. yeah i would i would want if i if right if i was able to play a 4 2 3 one from Dombley camp the mm-hmm. one player i'd want next to hoibia other than skip would be our because not mm-hmm. only is our previously played with Dombley, they've had a great link up they know each other already which would also mm-hmm. help our settle in better but yeah. our he's quality he's so good mm-hmm. at Dombley played more as a final third uh, playmaker, and then Dom and uh, Awa was so good at taking the ball from his own half and taking it to the halfway line, and then laying it off to Dombley mm-hmm. to let him do his own thing. It was just, mm-hmm. it just when Leon had Dombley right with Awa, it just they just played a system that just worked so well, and Awa was so key in that. And if Tottenham could mm-hmm. replicate the same thing and, and somehow broaden Awa, I think that'd be one of the signings of the summer for Tottenham. Of yeah. even in general, I he's he's a he's a world beater. I'd love to have him if he and mm-hmm. I would have I would probably take him. I would sell, I would sell the Celso wing Sissoko. Or I'd just sell the lot I'd, and I'd bring an hour. Mm-hmm. I think um another thing too is I think he would help uh, Dombele because uh Dombele like uh there was a lot of talk about like how Sissoko and Aurier uh, kind of helped Dombele settle in and language barrier and that type of thing and. Um, it's looking like both of them are going to leave this summer. So bringing in someone who Domblay is already comfortable with and like he spent uh, quite a while um, with at Lyon and speak the same language, I think that would help uh, rebuild uh, La Mafia. Um, but yeah, I think overall he'd be a good signing. I think we could even see uh, Domblay playing next to Hoybier and then uh, Awar up front. Um, but uh, we'll see how that goes. So uh, yeah, Char- yeah, yeah, Charlie, well, what are you yeah, I've already uh, mentioned um, he's very similar to Lo but he is an upgrade on Lo at the end of the day. And Lo is a good rotational player. So, yeah, I definitely take Alroy into my team. But as usual, I'm going to say that first we get centre-backs. Then, if we have enough money, fine. 
No, mm. when it's a play like our, I don't, I don't care about the centre backs. But if no, he's going, but I do though. I do though. No, but you can't. No, but here's the thing, right? Would you rather? Okay, let's say Lionel Messi's on the mark. This is hypothetically, right? Completely hypothetical. But if I mean, technically, Messi, he is a free agent. No, I know. I'm saying. No, I'm saying realistically here. If if Tottenham could sign him, right? He's and he won the Ballon d'Or. If Tottenham could sign him. Would you sign him straight away as soon as he's available, or would you sign him? Or would you rather sign other important positions first and then sign him? You would. Any team would sign Messi. The difference. The difference no, no, is Awar no, is no, it is Awar is it Messi? Yeah. Yeah, but what I'm saying is a player of his quality. As soon as he goes up the market, player teams will be wanting him instantly. So we it know, but I think but we'll be passing up on such a good player. If you just when a player of his quality is going up for that cheap of a price, it to doesn't be matter. Fair, he didn't have the best season last season. No, I rate him. I really do. I always have. But he's not like he's not breathtakingly good, mate. I mean, mate, look, you, no, I know this, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't wait to sign Tommy Yasu before I go into our. I'd be going for our. talking Kone or something. Yeah, but yeah, I think he's on. Get this. I think the difference is though, um, or like, not the difference, but like last summer, you know, we signed Hoyvier, uh, Joe Hart, uh, Vinicius Bale, Reguilon, um, and then we and, and wrote on. Yeah, was just... and I think if we had prioritized the signing of Skriniar at the beginning of the window, we wouldn't have had a problem getting to that $45 million. Um, So if we keep pushing back the signing of center backs, we're not going to have the funds to sign the ones we want, and we're going to sign, and we're going to end up with another championship player. And, you know, Rodon panned out pretty well. That, like, that worked out well for us. But, you know, it's not going to happen again. Um, so we need to sign a quality center back, or at least someone that Fabio Partici is familiar with and wants into the club. Otherwise, we're going to wait and go on and on to the window and okay. we're not going to sign a center back until deadline day. And by that point, we'll probably still have Dyer and Sanchez and all the girls yeah, at the club. Well, to, to, to be honest, I can't tell... Um, sorry, Bodhi. I can't tell if um, if I like the Paratici um transfer well, it's hard to judge because nothing's happened yet so i think we have to wait no until we can yeah really no judge. but what i'm saying is i'm not sure if i like Perkichi's transfer strategy strategy where he basically goes in for 10 players in the same position and then later decides um mm-hmm. who he's actually gonna get because that is so time consuming and as it is we take so much so lot so much time well, it's not necessarily and, time consuming. I mean, it takes well, a lot of his time. That, but, but I think also deals go pace. If they make the wrong decision as well, I'd rather just go in for one player and just get it done. You know what I mean? And then the deal falls apart, and then we have to start all over. Yeah, yeah that, but, it, it, it's, it's not less of a football club. We never get happen. our first target. It only happens to us. Charles, listen, Paratici, right? His style, it's, it's, I think his style's fantastic because. Yeah. It give not only does it give us an opportunity to get the best no, option, we're yeah. able to find, we're able to fall back on someone. If you prioritize one specific person, like said before, if that falls through, it was like Paulo Dybala, right? We were so close mm-hmm. to Dybala, then it fell through, and then who did we have after that? Yeah, I know. I, no, no, don't get me wrong. I agree with what you're saying, uh, but when I'm saying, um, just prioritize one player. I'm not talking about prioritize one player that whole window, and then wait the whole window to get it we're talking about prioritizing in, in the way that we get the deal done in like two or three days you know what i mean i wasn't talking like but like that, that's, but that's not that's the uh, this has to yeah. work with the daniel levy style as well yeah. because if we're getting a day a deal done in two to three days that means we're 
we're going to be paying whatever the club's asking prices. Um, and that's just not the way Daniel Levy operates. So no. the reason that I'm so, uh, that, I, that I like the way Part C negotiates is um, if you have 10 players lined up and you're negotiating with all the clubs and one club says, like as a transfer tactic, they set the asking price really high, Part C can just say, okay, whatever, and leave them. And then, you know, and we focus on the nine other transfer targets. And then, you know, that club goes back like, wait, 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 we'll drop the price since you're just going to drop us. Because there's no reason that we would have to focus on that one player if we have nine other players that we think could fit. Um, you know, this, I think 10 is like, it was like at most, he's negotiating with 10. So I think in a lot of situations, it's probably like four or five. Um, but if we have like that many players lined up, then we're not, you know, scrambling at the end of the window. Um, to start something all over again. And I totally get what you're saying, Charlie, um, about like just prioritizing one player. Um, and I think in an ideal world, that's how yeah, it would work. Yeah. But it's just we support Tottenham Football Club it? yeah. and it's yeah. never um, ideal. So, yeah, uh, yeah Buddy, what were you going to say? I'd like to just give Charles an example to back up what we're saying here. Like, right, you play FIFA, right, Charles? Yeah, I mean, I haven't <laughs> yeah, in a while, but yeah. Yeah, but it's it's essentially like, Let's say you drop a shortlist of a lot of different play, a lot of different players in this one specific position, and you negotiate for a few of them. And then once you've negotiated for all of them and you're ready to accept the deal, you narrow it down to your to your favorite option, and then yeah. you sign him. That's literally what Paratici does. He's it, like it's like playing FIFA the way he does it. It's it's mental, but it's the it's the most well functioning system to sign the best players when you don't have much time because it doesn't matter. Okay, you can negotiate for tons of players at once and you can narrow it down mm-hmm. based on price and quality to find the best option. It's, it's Paratici, has got such a good strategy with it and whether you agree with it or not, it, mm-hmm. it's, it, it works. It, and it's worked before. Yeah, yeah, I do agree. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, also, one thing about Paratici, we discussed this before, but after Chiesa's absolutely breathtaking performance yesterday, I mean, as we said, Paratici did leave that piece of paper in that restaurant with Kaiser's name on it three years ago because he's a genius and he's going to create us and he's going to bring us amazing young talents to the club because I'm optimistic and I think Paratici is an absolute god um, and I know it's really unrealistic to get Kiesa but I mean mm-hmm. just imagine just imagine he'd be I mean I know we have Bergwijn yeah. but man Kiesa, different, different class. he's a Kane Son attack that is just that is the best attack in the world, and I'm not like no chance, uh, no chance for any other, anything else. Like that is the best attack in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else you guys want to? Anyone? Any other players you guys want to talk about, or anyone else before we um, wrap it up? Oh, I, I wanted to mention something. I mean, this mm-hmm. isn't totally transfer. I mean, it is actually. Um, I don't know how accurate this is. Um, Sam posted it, and a few other people posted it. Um, mm-hmm. just a second. I'm gonna read it. Do you remember which player it was? No, no, no. It's um, I mean, it's about the naming rights of the stadium. Oh yeah, that it's getting close. Um, if you've seen that, yeah, it was the Daily Mail. That, that's very interesting. And please make it be Amazon or <laughs> Nike or something. I don't, you know, mm. uh, please. I, I don't care about the name of the stadium. It'll always be White Hart Lane in our eyes, obviously. Yeah. So, I mean. I, I just I just want that money, man. Yeah. Um, and also and also um 
one part of the, um, Sam's post as well was this from the Daily Mail, all of it is, mm -hmm. let me read it out. However, they are bracing themselves for big name departures. Staff were made aware of the departure of our email with the reaction described as one of shock. Now this, now I usually I'd say, oh, it's the Daily Mail. You know, I mean, this could be very false and it sounds a bit, but at the same time, I mean, it's, you, you've got to have some weird minds to come up with a story like that. You know what I mean? I feel like someone from the club has told them this and I feel like this could be true. And I don't know who it is because, you know, it says shock. I don't think Kane leaving is a huge shock because mm -hmm. we've seen it coming. So yeah. if this is something I think it could also Kane, be um, really worrying. not like a player, but like a member of maybe the board or someone within the club. I'm um, thinking so. Steve Hitchin maybe um, could be who they're talking about. Um, or, you know, one of like our more uh, higher up directors. Um, so I don't think it doesn't have to necessarily be a player. And it, like like you said, it is the Daily Mail, so who knows if any yeah. of that's actually true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, any other topics you guys want to cover? Um, I think we've covered most of it, unless Bodhi yeah. has something to add. Yeah, doesn't seem like it. All right. Um, well, thank you all uh, for listening. We appreciate every single one of you. Um, if you're listening to this uh, via Apple Podcasts, we would really appreciate it if you uh, left a review for us. Um, it helps us. Uh, get the pot out and reach more people. Um, and if you're listening to this via YouTube, or even if you're not listening to this via YouTube, um, go subscribe to us on YouTube. We uh, just hit 90 a um, little earlier uh, today, and we're really trying to push and get to 100. So uh, make sure to hit that subscribe button, hit the notification bell um, so you know when we post. And uh, we'll catch you in the next one. Come on, you Spurs. <laughs>